This is Box to Row with the Radio Boss, the Howard University Radio Network Edition. The day of reckoning is coming. Box to Row with the Radio Boss, Donald Ware, brings you conversations with well-known sports, well-known figures. sports figures. The voice of Kevin Durant. You know, it's a joy to go to work and know that they're going to cheer for you as hard as they can, no matter who you're playing. Well-known actors. Chadwick Boseman. I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. Musical artists. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. And takes from Donald on some of the hottest topics of the day. Real, real, real relevant. Radio. Radio. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson. The one and only Jerry Rice. What is going on? She's Simone Biles. It was great. We hope that other young girls want to feel that being strong is so beautiful. The voice of Steph Curry. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college in Davidson. It's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk on Boxster Row with the Weirs. This is Radio Boss. Welcome to another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Always glad to be with you here on the program. A lot to get to today. I've been telling everyone that I can. I went 6-0 last last week in the NFL playoffs. Got every game right. Probably should not have gotten the Jacksonville and Chargers game right, but I got it right. Uh, The Chargers uh, just fell apart, and Jacksonville came back 6-0, and you guys know how I do it. Love to pick the National Football League, and and, uh, love the league, and love... uh, uh, I've always liked the National Football League and uh, was excited. I just, you know, I just wanted to share that with you. Six and zero, oh, every single game I got right. We'll see what happens this week because similar to last year, I think I went five and one in the first round last year, and then went like two and two, and then so on and so forth. It was pretty much even the rest of the way. But I'm looking to improve upon last year in the next round, right? So uh, in the divisional round, so very much looking forward um, uh, to that, to the NFL games we have this weekend. We've got, there's just so much that's going on. You look at the NFL, I mean, all of the sports, uh, except for Major League Baseball, we've got tennis uh, that is happening now. So it's, it's a really good time when it comes to sports. So a lot to get to today on the program. Listen, I want to, you know what I want to start, where I want to start today here on the show I want to start with Ed Reed and even before I give you my thoughts I, I I think it is important to and you've heard me say this many times to talk about things within the confines of them happening in the proper context right so I don't want to give you my thoughts before you've heard from Ed Reed right from 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 the horse's mouth. This is not something that was written or something that someone said. These are the comments, some of the comments that Ed Reed, who we don't really know. I mean, I guess he's the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman, sort of. Like, we really don't know. He, He apparently, by his own words, has not officially signed the contract. And if you remember going back a couple of weeks ago when Bethune-Cookman 
made the announcement in the release. It said we have agreed in principle for Ed Reed to become the new head football coach at Bethune-Cookman. Got to be very, very careful about words, I think, in the business that we're in here. I mean, I, I look at things like that. That doesn't mean, it, it means, yes, in theory, but in actuality, is he, in fact, the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman? That is still up in the air. I've got some thoughts. Listen to these comments by Ed Reed, who is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. A couple of weeks ago, Bethune-Cookman made the announcement that they've agreed in principle for Ed Reed to be the next head football coach. Listen to what Ed Reed said on his TikTok account when referencing, and this is in part, right, but I'm going to play as much of it as I can for the time that we have in this segment. What Ed Reed said about Bethune-Cookman and other HBCUs, and by the way, we some of the language is uh, is could be disturbing, uh, right? So we've beeped it out. You know how we do here on the program, family-oriented show. But uh, again, Ed Reed on Bethune-Cookman and HBCUs from his TikTok account. You saw the front of the building. Terrible. This the back of the building. They working on the front of the building. This the same people said, we gonna help you build what you want. How I'm gonna believe you, man? How I'm gonna believe them? Didn't I tell you I don't trust nobody? I'm coming over giving them the same passion and they smiling and laughing in my thing. Funny? We gonna ride through the fence that these, they ain't fixed the fence. We about to ride through this fence. This ain't even football side. This ain't even the football side. And y'all talking about Madden at my uncle Prime. Y'all mad at Dion, mad at Prime. This shit is every HBCU. Bro, we riding through the fence. This is track, bro. This is track. This is what they practice on. It's a straightaway. This is in a mirror field. You can't practice on this. These kids got this to work with. Trash. Yeah, I'm showing it. At this point, I got to show this. I'm not even the head coach. Congratulations. Man, I should go my ass home. I said I should. I ain't. It ain't happening. Because of that lady right there. Because of her right there. Miss Mary, you see her with the cane? Coach Kane. That's what you call me. Coach Kane is who I am. Don't cry. Do something. Y'all see these buildings right here? You see these buildings right here? Y'all see these buildings right here? This corner? Y'all see this right here? 
this here, this is abandoned right here. They're hoarding trash in this. All this right here is trash. From this corner all the way right here is trash. You understand me? Man, mutt your ass off here, man. What you talking about? I ain't mutt nobody. I'm trying to fix shit. What you doing? I told you somebody ain't gonna like it, bro. I told you somebody wasn't gonna like it. Do something about it, man. Come help us clean this shit up. I could have been mutting and showing shit. I chose not to. But now I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. But I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. They mutt me. These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here. I'm mutting y'all. Get your ass, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All this shit here was trash in front of me. Who you think got this shit cleared out? That building right there got trash in it. It's trash. What are you talking about? need no god donors to come out and help out because people just want money that's why i don't have that's why i don't with social network so that from ed reed's tiktok account a little bit earlier in the week i'm gonna give you my thoughts but before i give you my thoughts as a matter of fact i'm gonna give you my thoughts in the next segment so that was earlier in the week he has since issued an apology which I'm going to read to you right now. He's since issued an apology, uh, apology, excuse me, um, on Wednesday. He issued this on his Twitter account. Uh, now, remember, at the end of that, he said he didn't mess with, in essence, didn't mess with social, right? I, I mean, that's in essence what he said. Uh, but this is what he said on his Twitter account. And I'm going to read it verbatim. I regards to my social media and comments, about the university, staff, and other institutions, I would like to sincerely apologize to all BCU staff, students, and alumni for my lack of professionalism. My language and tone were unacceptable as a father, coach, and leader. My passion for our culture, betterment, and bringing our foundation up got the best of me, and I fell victim while engaging with antagonists on social media as well. I am fully aware of the hardworking folks at our school who are also fighting to make things better and more financially sound. I am encouraged from my communication with my AD and our administration and understand it's a work in progress. My passion is about getting and doing better. And that goes for me too. end quote. So those are the the apology from Ed Reed on his Twitter account. I'm going to have more thoughts on this in the next segment. Joining us here today on Radio Boss, we're going to talk with Gabby Wendy. You're going to remember her from The Bachelorette. And she was runner up of season 31 of Dancing with the Stars. Gabby Wendy going to join us today here on Radio Boss. Plus, some NFL talk for the Our divisional round of the playoffs. But my thoughts on Ed Reed's comments are up next. I would miss her more than I miss all of my friends. 
Even though we was little, this love was unique. And this is what I say to my love, Monique, because... The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Available in fresh markets in Northern Virginia, Richmond, and Lynchburg. At Barrel and Bushel in Tyson's Corner Center. And in Total Wines throughout Virginia. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. That's 800-932-5517. Donald Ware. It's Donald Ware. Radio Ball. Sirius XM. Still to come here, my thoughts on the NFL playoffs. Looking forward to that and looking forward to making some picks. I want to get your thoughts on who you think will win not only this weekend, but will make it to the Super Bowl. So let's get back to Ed Reed and I originally saw this on Sunday, just at home relaxing, got the fire going, watching some National Football League. I can't even remember who was playing at the time. And then I see this come across. I see this come up. And when I initially watched the TikTok video by that Ed Reed made, my initial thought, especially when he talked about they didn't even clean my office, you know, that my initial thought was, wow, you know, that that's that's something else. Right. But then when he continues to go on and uh, was talking about all HBCU, see, that's the thing. That's the thing that got me. And he's remember quoting him. This S is every HBCU. Now, that's what he said. OK, so, you know, I, that I, I, I and. That rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, that's that's first and foremost because these it, it, there's a lot to unpack here. Even before I talk about every HBCU, the trash that he was talking about and showed on the TikTok video, and I think this is um, for you to get the full context. You would you would really need to watch it. Well, who put the trash there? Why was the trash there? Was 
was there someone that had nothing to do with Bethune Cookman, you know, trashed the place and nobody knew about it? I mean, why was the trash there? Like, like we have to know, I think, why that happened, okay? I think to make a TikTok video, and, and again, I'm going to tell you my initial thought. Uh, I had three words after I thought about, after I saw saw this in its entirety, in its context, my three words, not three thoughts, the three words I had was cut bait now. Okay? If you're Bethune-Cookman, cut bait now. Because again, as the, when this was announced a couple of weeks ago, or actually it was before Christmas, and when the press release said that they've come to an agreement with him in principle to become the next head football coach at Bethune-Cookman. And he said it in his own words. I ain't even the coach. That's what he said. Okay? Bethune-Cookman, you're not under any obligation to have Ed Reed as your next head football coach. Listen, when I heard this from the very jump, when I heard that he was going to be, when when the press release came out, my initial thought was, Why? I mean, why? Ed Reed has no previous head coaching experience. He doesn't know about HBCUs, obviously. Why? Why? Why, if you're Bethune-Cookman, would you make this move? There's so many qualified coaches out there. And I get it. You want to, you know, Bethune-Cookman's kind of funny. And I look and I go back to uh, the, go back to Bethune-Cookman making the move to the SWAC after Florida A&M did. And I maybe halfway jokingly said, well, that's why Bethune-Cookman made the move because Florida A&M made the move. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, why? What is the purpose? Because, okay, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. He has some notoriety. You're, if you're Bethune-Cookman, I guess you're trying to go the, the Jackson State route with Deion Sanders. Now, you know, I've had many things to say about Deion Sanders, as you know, over his time, I've, I've written uh, a couple of pieces and and uh, talked about it minimally on this program because, as I stated to you before, look, I'm, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Deion Sanders because a lot of other things that we need to talk about. All those other people that want to do that and people that that their their entities came about because of uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State, more power to you good for you he's gone now what now right I ain't got time for that I'm not you know that's not what our focus is okay that was not what our focus was but do we want he's not Deion Sanders right um he doesn't ha- he doesn't have the career as you clearly saw there in what we know from a historical standpoint he he clearly wasn't Deion Sanders he didn't have the charisma of Deion Sanders yes he's a pro football hall of famer but the notoriety of Ed Reed being the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman is not going to get the same notoriety that Jackson State got with Deion Sanders there. That's number that's number one. So I'm, I'm wondering what why was there have so many other qualified people out there that can get the job done that are former HBCU people and are former National Football League players. I mean, I look at the hire of Vincent Brown at North Carolina A&T, right? We talked about this last week checks all of the boxes except for having been a head football coach HBCU grad coached at HBCU institutions 
coached at non-HBCU institutions, coached on the FCS level, coached on the FBS level, uh, won a national championship on the FCS level, played in the National Football League at a very high level. Remember, three times All-Pro, okay, successful, and he's a Bill Parcells disciple. So And coached on the National Football League level. That's all you need to know. Good hire, okay? And we'll see ultimately what happens. But on the surface, a good hire. Maybe Ed Reed could be a good hire, right? But you hire a man that showed you in my, and you can, he can apologize all he wants. To me, you at Bethune-Cookman hired a man that showed his true colors. Now, this is supposed to be the head football coach of a Division I program, Okay. This is how you act and go on TikTok and speak in this manner. I mean, he addressed it in the in the apology, my tone, the language, the professionalism. He was right on. They were all wrong. Okay. Now, again, so many different ways. He came on TikTok in that manner, but why didn't he come on TikTok? and make the apology. He went to Twitter to make the apology. Why not come on TikTok to make the apology? Okay, listen. People generally tend to apologize because they know they're wrong. And Ed Reed was way wrong. Um, as he stated, rightfully so, his language, you're a, listen, I get it, on the field, right? If you're on the field, Coach, I've heard coaches, and sometimes in, in Prescott, I get it. Coaches curse all the time. You know, you use language, but that's the nature of athletics and specifically football. This was premeditated. This was, I mean, in, in, in a way, right? Like you, what he said may have not been prescripted or premeditated, but to come on TikTok and do it was premeditated. So, to do that, to me, showed your true colors, lack of professionalism, cursing, and then to show all of that at an HBCU. We know our HBCU struggle. We got it, right? Bethune-Cookman, listen, let's, let's look at the history of Bethune-Cookman, founded by Mary McLeod Bethune, okay? It is a private institution in the Deep South. So think about all the years that Bethune-Cookman had to come up and go through what it went through in the racist state of Florida for all of those years, right? And still able to survive to 2023, okay? That's a lot, right? And for, so, Bethune-Cookman as a university, and, I, and again, I, I, I get it, I'm saying, well, Bethune-Cookman was wrong to hire Ed Reed in the, in the first place, um, so I can't I, I in, for me, I can't defend Bethune Cookman there, but that's a that's a personal opinion. OK, but facts are it's an, it, it is a private institution. That's a fact. Um, racism still exists now, but particularly when you the, the, when you go in the south, you know, that's a fact. You know, segregation is a was a fact. OK, and for Bethune Cookman to come through all of that to get to the point now has been absolutely tremendous. So, yes, there are going to be some struggles along the way because a lot of those struggles, okay, date back to all of the 
the, the racism, the segregation, all of those things that have happened in our society and no doubt to our HBCUs and specifically in this instance in Daytona Beach in the state of Florida, okay? And you can, st- I mean, it's still racism uh, happening as we know it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, Bethune Cookman has gone through some hard times. So, you know, to down Bethune Cookman like that, and I'm not going to excuse the, tra- I mean, again, I don't know where the trash came from. I, I have no idea. I mean, did somebody come? Was there some kind of party? Did somebody, did somebody from the outside come and, and do that. I have no idea. Like, but to show that, right? In ex- totally unprofessional in the demeanor in which it was said and totally unexcusable, inexcusable. And this is where, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. I, I'm going to give Deion Sanders some, a little bit of props, okay? Because at least when he came out and said certain things, there he had some tact about it, some tact. Like, Everything Dion said wasn't wasn't wrong. There's a lot of problems at our HBCUs. I'm an HBCU grad. I came from Morgan. It's problems at all. You know, I've, I've worked for and at HBCUs for a good majority of my career. Right? We I've written about this years ago because one of the things I said years ago, maybe six seven years ago, that yes, our HBCUs have problems, but guess what? They're our HBCUs, and we have we can talk about. It's not that anybody else can talk about them, but we understand. I'm not saying that it's right. What I am saying is that Bethune Cookman has gone through a lot over the years uh, that it has been in existence. It is a private school. It's not a public school, so it's going to have a little bit more problems than a a school ordinarily would. Now, and again, the trash point. I want to be clear about this i don't know where the trash came from okay i don't know where the where the the uh, trash came from so i'm not you know I, I i can't really speak on that okay he mentions didn't clean they didn't even clean my office listen i gotta take a break sorry about that i gotta take a break uh when we come back i want to talk more about this and again i promise still to come some national football league talk here on the program, but I want to really talk a little bit more about this Ed Reed situation uh, and uh, uh, really bad, a terrible look for Ed Reed in of himself and Bethune-Cookman and our schools. I'll have more thoughts on this on the other side. Keep it locked. We're back here on the program. You can join us on the conversation. We're talking Ed Reed and his comments relating to Bethune-Cookman and HBCUs on his TikTok account. If you haven't heard that by now, I invite you to Google it and find out more about it. But we're discussing that. Any thoughts you may have on that situation, anything that I've had to say, it's all good. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Talking on the other side. And like I said, I mean, you know, Bethune-Cookman's a private school. I mean, its roots go all the way back. Um, to really to 18 to eat to really to 1872 Mary McLeod Bethune founded the Daytona Educational and Industrial Training School for Negro Girls in 1904 uh, Cookman Institute of Jacksonville was founded in 1872 the two uh, schools merged in um, uh, in uh, 1923 
and uh, thus, uh, in, in well, 1924, and thus you have uh, Bethune Cookman. Okay, so listen, it's it, it, you know, we know, right? Like, let's even look at the state schools, and I mean, I, you know, we got to be honest about this thing, like. You know, it, it, we we talk sports and all those kind of things, but let's be honest. I mean, our schools have been underfunded for many, many years and are still underfunded. I mean, I got a release the other day, and remember we were talking about they're going back some five, six, five or six years ago, maybe not quite that long ago, when South Carolina State thought it may have to close its doors. And I'm thinking to myself, really? The, would, and I get it, they're, they're, State budgets, and, and when you're talking about institutions, are an extension, institutions that, that, is, that is, are an extension of this that particular state. So they have budgets, you know, they're an entity of the state. So in this case, South Carolina State University is an entity of the state of South Carolina, okay, and, 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 and 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 really, I mean, you have some schools that that found were founded as private schools that came under the state. I mean, Grambling's one, Morgan State is another school. Those weren't state always state schools uh, because maybe of financial reasons or what have you. They came under the auspices of the state. I'm not sure of South Carolina State's background. I would imagine it was a state institution by way of its name uh, from the jump. Okay. But remember, they were talking about closing it uh, some years ago. And I'm like, really, the state of South Carolina would allow for one of its schools to close? Now, again, as I mentioned, they get a, there's a state budget. They they get the budget and all of that. So the 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 uh, the, the the board, uh, the chancellor, or the president of the school is responsible for that budget and and, and enrollment and all those things to to make money um, uh, for the for the state in essence and i realize sometimes you're going to have situations where people don't act right with the money i get all of that maybe that's what happened at south carolina state but i say all that to say south carolina state i got a release saying that south carolina state is asking for 209 million dollars from the legislature for campus improvements and other needs now i didn't get into the whole the whole uh, press release, but it did break down in terms of the money and how it would be used. Okay. Best believe that a school like South Carolina state was underfunded. Like most of our HBCUs compared to the white counterparts. Okay. Underfunded. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, what the HBC, the state HBCUs, need to consider doing again schools that are under the auspices of respective states what maryland eastern shore morgan state Bowie state university and uh, coppin state did was sued the state of maryland for all of the underfunding for all of the years that those schools were underfunded because basically because they were black schools okay guess what those schools the four schools i mentioned Maryland Eastern Shore, Morgan State, Bowie State, Coppin State were awarded a half a billion dollars from the state of Maryland for all of the years that those schools were underfunded. Guess what? That's what all of our HBCUs that are state schools, okay, 
need to do, sue your respective state, get your money, okay? And so, again, we know that our schools have, have had problems. They've been underfunded drastically for a number of different reasons, mostly due to race, okay? Um, so our schools are going to have problems, and in this case, you know, I, I again, I, I don't know where the trash came from. I mean, I got to say that because I really don't. But, I mean, you know, and, yes, are our schools always uh, run the right way? No, they're not. Do we have issues? Yes. When I was a student, sure, there were things we were like, why is it this way? I look at Morgan State now under the direction of Dr. David Wilson. Let me tell you what, getting ready to have a medical school. Okay, there's only a handful of HBCUs that have medical schools. Off the top of my head, Howard Meharry Morehouse. Okay, you're getting ready to have a medical school. So <laughs> doing some good, some really good things. And that's, you know, when you have strong leadership, by the way, Dr. Wilson is an HBCU grad also, uh, you're able to get some things done. I think a lot of times you have to make demands of people for reparations in fact and you you can get some things done. But I get it. Our schools don't always run the right way. I mean, but that's all school. Like, no school is perfect. Even our counterparts have issues, too, at the state level. So let's not pretend like like they don't. But our our issues and problems are different problems related to the history of racism and segregation. That's generally what happens uh, a lot of times with our schools going back. Now, I'm not saying that's the case now, we, you know, but again, with the underfunding that goes all the way back to those days. OK, so. Not sitting here trying to uh, pretend like our schools don't have problems. Um, I think at the end of the day, however, for Ed Reed to paint a broad brush of all HBCUs was reckless, inexcusable, okay? And that's fine. You want to apologize? I mean, whatever. At the end of the day, I'm Bethune-Cookman, you know, or my advice to Bethune-Cookman for what it's worth, not, not, you know, who am I, right? would be cut bait now. You don't have a contract with him. We don't need another repeat of Deion Sanders. At least at least Deion has some tact, okay? I, I don't know. I don't see where Ed Reed has any tact. If you can go onto TikTok to air a grievance like that, use the language you did. And by the way, he's had, he had like a, I think it was a cigar in his mouth. I mean, what? You're, you're, a, you're a head football coach, at a, or supposedly, at a division one, or in theory, at a division one school. Like, what are we talking about? And unbelievable, inexcusable. He definitely, <laughs> if I'm Bethune Cookman, cut bait now. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at box to row, B O X T O R O W. So, let me switch gears. I, I, I let, let, let's, let's table that. We, we can take that discussion uh, to, to Twitter, okay? Take it to Twitter. Uh, right. OK, let let me switch gears and talk some National Football League and talk about some of the matchups we have this upcoming weekend. Jaguars Chiefs. Yeah. So the Chiefs had a bye. The Jaguars were very fortunate to win that football game to come back with all of the mistakes uh, in the first half and to come back and to be able to win that football game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had the worst first half of his profession, or excuse me, of his football career. Came back, made it right, 
Second half, much better. Uh, there were some things that the Chargers didn't do also, and the Jaguars took advantage. I give the Jaguars all the credit in the world. By the way, um, listen, with the whole Chargers situation, I know they've cut some coaches. Um, I don't think Brandy, Brandon Staley should should have been, nor should he be fired, unless Sean Payton is walking into the building. Um, yeah, he made some mistakes. They they definitely made some mistakes. Um, but that's but again, I think Brandon Staley. I don't think he should be fired behind that. That said, with with respect to the matchup between the Chiefs and the Jaguars, I mean, I definitely like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are AFC Championship bound about every year. Have been to two Super Bowls, won one. Uh, good season. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a beast. I, I don't. I mean, he's he obviously lost something. Uh, in the wide receiver department, but not enough. And But the Chiefs' defense is not great, but I think that the Chiefs have enough offensively, and I like the Chiefs over the Jaguars, that game in Kansas City. The Eagles and the Giants is the Saturday night game. Ooh, this is a good one. I, I, I thought the Giants would win that game against Minnesota, and they did. I Listen, I've been liking Daniel Jones. Everybody's kind of late to the party on Daniel Jones, I've been liking Daniel Jones. I just always thought that he needed the right coach, the right offensive coordinator. He has that now in Brian Dayball. They're getting some things done. Um, it's not just Saquon Barkley. And remember, his receiving core isn't elite, isn't top level, and yet he's doing what he what he does, and he had a really, really good game. By the way, his legs have always served him well, and the, and the Giants are good. The Eagles are coming off the bye. Um, with respect to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, as long as he's healthy, all of the weapons he has, the offensive line is good. He's got receivers. He's got a good running game, and that defense is elite. I, I definitely, I mean, I think it's an NFC mat, East matchup. Um, they, they split during the regular season, but I definitely like the Eagles over the Giants in Philly. The Bills and the Bengals, the early game. Okay, now, ha! <laughs> This is a tough game. This is a definitely a tough game to pick because you've got so many dynamics. I mean, you've got Cincinnati that has just played lights out. You've got, you know, the DeMar Hamlin situation with the Bills and the Bills coming off that emotional victory over last week. You've got two elite quarterbacks in Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Uh, you've got the, both teams have receivers. I mean, I think the Bengals receivers – are a little bit better, but I mean, that's not to take anything away from the Bills and you've got a good running game. Where where I break is here. The Bengals' or offensive line, already a little bit shaky, now has issues on the offensive line with injuries. Yes, the Bengals overcame the offensive line woes last year to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I look at the Bills, the emotional piece behind all of that, I'm going to go with the Bills over the Bengals. Finally, the 49ers and the Cowboys. Good win. Dak played well. I don't think Dak can get it done in back-to-back weeks. Regardless of whether Dak plays well or not in this football game, I think the 49ers are way too strong defensively. Brock Purdy's got all kinds of weapons. If you don't believe in Brock Purdy, believe in his weapons. And I definitely like the 49ers over the Cowboys in Santa Clara. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Former Bachelorette Gabby Wendy joins us next here 
on Radio Boss. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Available in fresh markets in Northern Virginia, Richmond, and Lynchburg at Barrel and Bushel in Tyson's Corner Center and in Total Wines throughout Virginia. Donaware is the radio boss. I'm the, I'm the head honcho. On Box to Row on Sirius XM. We're going to continue here on the program. We're joined by a young lady. As a matter of fact, you saw her on Season 19 of The Bachelorette. You also saw her on season 26 of The Bachelor. She is a part of Dancing with the Stars Live. She's done a lot of other great things in her career. She's Gabby Windy. She joins us here on the program. Gabby, Happy New Year. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So now are you, you're co-hosting Dancing with the Stars Live, correct? Correct. Okay, so how is that going to this point? I know you all are going to be in a bunch of cities. You've added some more cities because of the popularity of the show. How is it going to this point? Yes, um, it's going pretty well. This is my first time co-hosting. So, um, well, I don't really have anything to compare it to. And, but I think you know, it's an amazing show. It's, um, it's really great. There's a lot of entertainment value. It is nerve-wracking. It's like different kind of nerves that then I'm used to. So I think I'm still adjusting. But I feel like it is, it's a good challenge just in my career. And overall, I think it's just an amazing show. You had a nice run uh, in the last uh, Dancing with the Stars, finishing second. How much fun did you have with that? And, um, you know, just talk about, um, you know, I know you wanted to win it, right? I get it. But but finishing runner-up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, who doesn't want to win? So, but I really feel like the true value in the experience is, you know, going through the journey and learning about ballroom dance and giving it your all and seeing like what your body and your mind is capable of. Um, so I feel like I really did get the full experience, even if I don't have a mirror ball to show for it. My parents um, made me one, so I have a miniature mirror ball at home with a little plaque, which is cute, 
but it was it was great. Everybody who works on Dancing with the Stars is really family. They're amazing to be around, and just there's a once in a lifetime experience, honestly. You know, if you for those that may not know and don't watch Dancing with the Stars, right? You like you said, your parents made you the ball. Like you could get by with saying you won it. <laughs> yeah, they like. My dad likes to tell people I tied for first. I'm like, that's a lie. Like, why are you saying that? <laughs> Nobody said I tied. You can't tie. So you just do what you want at the end of the day anyway. But, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, ex- you know, change my experience for, for anything. Gabby Wendy, she's co-host of Dancing with the Stars Live. It is on tour right now. Check it out. Of course, she's of The Bachelorette and The Bachelor, formerly, as she joins us here on the program. So, now, you were, what, uh, a cheerleader for the Broncos, Denver Broncos, for five years. Like, how did that prepare you for Dancing with the Stars? And what do you remember about being a cheerleader for the Broncos? Um, I remember a lot. It was, uh, let's see, I've, my last year cheering was 2021. So it wasn't too distant, but it did help prepare me in some ways, you know, like being able to count music and picking up choreography, even though the choreography is, much different um, with a partner and, like, steps that I've really never done before. Um, You know, it it prepared me to dance in front of a live audience, which nothing really helps you with that. I still get just as nervous, unfortunately. I'm like, when am I going to get better? But, um, but yeah, it definitely helped, helped me. So I feel for the people who have never danced before, you know, in front of an audience or at all. Um, they're, you know, really putting themselves in a vulnerable position and deserve a lot of praise. How did you get into cheerleading? Were you, I know you went to the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Like, were you a cheerleader there? How did, how did you get into that and then be able to take it to the professional level in the National Football League? Yeah, um, I started dancing a little later in life and in high school. Um, I was on the dance team. I did it a little bit in college. My college was um, smaller. I went to, like, um, you know, a smaller school university for nursing, so we didn't have, like, a football team. We had, like, I think we were, like, D3 basketball team. So I danced, you know, for them for a couple of years just for fun. But it is it, – I love performing. I love being in front of people. The great thing about uh, being on the Denver Broncos cheerleaders is, like, you really get to interact with the community. Um, and just the camaraderie of it. So it was just a great experience, especially in my 20s as you're trying to, like, navigate, you know, your new adulthood. It was a great transition period. So, um, you know, I auditioned, and after three tries, I made it. That's awesome. So in addition to co-hosting Dancing with the Stars Live and all your TV personality appearances, so I read you're an ICU nurse, that is, at the University of Colorado Hospital. Yes, I was. I haven't worked since this all began. Oh, okay, I got you. But how how was that? I mean, that's pretty, that's interesting, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was an ICU nurse for eight years. So um, I've seen a lot. I've learned a lot. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for, for my background in medicine. And I really think it has helped shape who I am today. And then lastly, your time on The Bachelorette and Bachelor, what do you remember most about that? Um, remember most, well, besides the heartbreak, <laughs> that 
is probably at the forefront of my mind. But it was, honestly, it was a great experience on The Bachelor. I loved getting to know the other women. Traveling, we really did the best travel. I was grateful to have joined, you know, um, on the later end of COVID. So we were just trying to get back to, to things. The whole premise of Bachelor is kind of falling in love all over the world. So I've gotten to see some amazing places that I wouldn't have otherwise. And just really production, like they've been so great to me. You get so close with the people around you. I was lucky enough to have um, a co-bachelorette, Rachel. So she has, you know, a place in my heart, and I'm really grateful that I've gotten to share my whole experience with her. So now that I've stepped away from it, I'm really able to look back on it fondly. For more information on Dancing with the Stars Live, the tour, visit the website DWTSTour.com. The co-host is Gabby Windy, joins us here on the program. Gabby, great to spend some time with you. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And you can react to anything that Gabby Windy had to say to us here on Radio Boss. Just hit us up via Twitter. Before we get out of here, a couple of things. Uh, Dak Prescott. So he had a really good game. No doubt about it. Uh, I don't, I I think he'll have a solid game. I still don't think that he's a top 10 quarterback. There are many other quarterbacks I think better than him. I think that what happens is when he has a game that's good here or there, we kind of, well, people, I should say, I, I, I always had doubts about Dak the only time I didn't was the year that I and I said this last week Ezekiel Elliott got that money and he didn't do necessarily well and Dak did well he was doing well the season after that got hurt and we'll see how Dak performs against an elite defense particularly the one that has a pass rush like the Philadelphia Eagles do they're absolutely tremendous up front again I have the Eagles in that game. Listen, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, along with some other offensive coaches, out. Byron Leftwich out. So Tom Brady has a bad season. Byron Leftwich is the fall guy. So he's he's out as the offensive coordinator. And I feel kind of bad uh, for Leftwich because he was, remember, he was offered the Jaguars' head coaching position, but turned it down, I, I believe, because he there was an, a, a general manager that he wanted that the Jaguars did not, and so he opted not to take the job and uh, and stayed in, in, in figuring, okay, there, there, there will be more opportunities to be a head football coach, not realizing that the Buccaneers were going to be bad. I don't think... It had anything to do with the play calling of Byron Leftwich. I think a lot of it falls at the feet of Tom Brady, and uh, he just didn't have a good season. Um, he and Mike Evans were not on the same page for the majority of the season. That's your number one guy. They could never get a running game going. The offensive line wasn't great. And this is just from an offensive perspective because the Bucks' defense wasn't great either. And now, you know, the question becomes, did Leftwich get relieved by the organization itself or specifically by head coach Todd Bowles? Now, in the release, 
Todd Bowles is the one who um, is the one who who says we like to thank all of the coaches for all of their contributions and you know that kind of coach speak that you see in a press release. I think that and, and listen, they both were coordinators, meaning Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich under Bruce Arians, who was the head co- uh, coach is now up in the uh, he, he's in he's in um, management, I, I suppose. Um, but I don't know. It, it just never seemed like they I, I don't know. Maybe offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators don't generally vibe. I would say this about Todd Bowles. Remember. He had his one shot as the head coach before now with the Jets, four seasons. They had one winning season, a 10-win season, and the Jets didn't make the playoffs. But I think one of the things that he learned along the way, listen, if it's bad, and and listen, it wasn't great defensively, but at the end of the day, he's the head coach. If it was bad offensively, whether or not Tom Brady comes back, also, by the way, make your changes. He's not, he may be, he was stubborn the first time around. Maybe should have let a coordinator or two go. With the Jets, didn't do that. Ultimately, it cost him his job. Maybe he learned this time around and let Byron Leftwich go was bad, but it wasn't all on Byron Leftwich. Listen, I got to run. Thank you to Gabby Wendy for joining us today here on the program. For more information on Radio Boss, log on to our website, radio boss com and always remember to support those that support your radio boss is produced by dw communications you have been listening to box to row with the radio boss the howard university radio network edition come on if you believe it lift your voice and say come on if you know it's awesome say it come on and lift your voice